Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. You're listening to Stories with Sapphire. I am Sapphire Sandalo. Now get cozy and open your mind because it's story time. Close your eyes. Take a moment to clear your head. Now, what images come to mind when I ask you to picture impending death? What do you see? What do you feel? Where are you? Okay, you can open your eyes. So what did you see? Disease? A cloaked figure with a scythe? Or maybe you envisioned an unearthly realm. Was it peaceful or horrifying? Everyone has a very different relationship with this one thing that unifies all of us. And examining that relationship can teach us a lot about ourselves. This week's episode is about the different ways that death appears to us and challenges us. First, I share the story of someone who was followed home from a hospital. Then, I narrate an encounter from someone who traveled to another realm in a near-death experience. And finally, I speak with Ebony Soy about how coming from a line of healers has opened her up to otherworldly experiences. Chapter 1 The Woman in Black Submitted by Sydney Hi, Ati Sapphire. I hope you're doing well and safe, especially at this time. First of all, I wanted to let you know that I am a huge fan. My partner and I always listen to you whenever we get the chance. I actually only listen when he's around because I get too spooked when I'm alone. Whenever he asks my reasons why I got in this relationship, I always say, so I can listen to more Ati Sapphire. LOL. I wanted to share an experience I had three years ago. This was back when my Lola was still alive, but was already going in and out of the hospital because of her heart condition. My family and I took turns watching over her, as many Filipino families do. One night, it was my turn to watch her, and I spent the night at the hospital. She started acting funny, but the doctor said it was because of the high dose of meds given to her. She kept mentioning the names of our dead relatives, and she was hallucinating that we were back at our house. I played along, thinking that correcting her might stress her out. Then she fell asleep. I was able to get a good amount of sleep myself since I knew the nurses would check on my Lola from time to time, and she was asleep anyway. 
noon came, and my dad, aunt, and brother arrived. It was my brother's turn to watch over my Lola, and my dad and aunt needed to talk to the doctor. After a couple of hours, my dad and aunt went back in the room from the doctor's office and were talking about the possibility of signing a non-resuscitation form, which basically means if my Lola's operation ended up badly, the doctors would let her go. I felt really upset about this discussion. We were walking to the parking lot and passed through two more buildings since this was a fairly large facility. All throughout us walking, I couldn't help but hold back my tears, thinking that my Lola might not make it. My dad and aunt dropped me off at my apartment as they drove back to our province, which was an hour away from Manila. Alone, I immediately went to my room and laid on my bed with the lights off. Only the small window lit the room. As I was laying there, scrolling through my phone, I saw an old woman walk by the closet. She wore a long black dress and veil, and when she reached the wall, she vanished. I freaked out and called my friend and told her what I saw. I couldn't reach for the lights because that's the spot where the old lady showed up. And I was scared that if I stood up and walked over there, she'd show up right in front of me. It was my first time seeing a ghost, and I didn't expect that I'd freeze the way I did. I was shaking, and my friend told me she'd be on her way. I felt a little bit of comfort. And we didn't stop FaceTiming each other as she got ready to come to my place. I fell asleep waiting for her. And that's when I really saw her. Standing near the light switch. She was mocking me. She knew I was too scared to turn the light on. So that's where she stood. Clinging on the side of the closet blocking the light switch. She had a crazy smile on her face, eyes wide open and baring teeth. Her skin and hair was gray. Her pupils were also like ash. And just when I was about to let out a scream, my friend woke me up. I can't help but think that that spirit was lurking in the hospital, possibly a former patient. She might have seen my emotions, decided I was vulnerable, and followed me home. This experience made me realize two things. One, that death is an avenue to something good or bad. And two, that emotions are also energy, and that with some entities, energy is tangible and something they can actually see. Now, I have become much more careful with what I project Thankfully, that was the only time I ever saw that woman. As for my Lola, she made it past her surgery and lived for another year. To me, it seems as if this woman in black was a manifestation of Sydney's fears. Sydney had gone home that night worried about his Lola's uncertain future, and then he came face to face with a woman who looked like literal death. 
She was forcing him to acknowledge what he feared the most. Maybe you've heard of the idea that we attract what we fear. Has there ever been a time in your life when your greatest fears could no longer be suppressed and confronted you? Chapter 2 I Could Have Died Submitted by Khan Hi Sapphire, my name is Khan and I'm from Vietnam. I have been following your podcast for a year and honestly, I really love it. I also have a story I want to share with you. I've never shared this experience with anyone before, but I think you would want to hear it. I often hear what other people say they've seen after they die. Most people describe it as a dark tunnel, and their souls will see a light in the end, where heaven is. But my experience was a little different. When I was 11, I had necrosis of part of my small intestine and had to have it removed. But when I got to the small hospital in town, the doctor said I was fine. My belly and inner organs were good, perfect. So mom and I went back home. But after that, my stomach hurt so much that I couldn't eat. I continuously vomited and only drank water. I could only lie on one side of the bed because if I moved, my stomach felt like it was being cut in half. That was how painful it was at the time. Even now, I still get goosebumps when I think about it. The torture kept going for two days. In the night between day one and two, I had a really weird dream. I was in a large space, like at the end of the horizon. There were no buildings, no people, nor my room. Only me. I was standing on the water's surface. Above my head was the clear blue sky. It was so peaceful. Then I saw a wall in front of me. It was thin and transparent. I could see through the other side of it. It was a high wall separating that world in two, and there was a red line under the wall. As I looked at the other side, I could also see my reflection staring back at me. But I looked so strange. I looked hollow. I had no emotion. I didn't look human. It really caught me off guard and scared me. And it felt like there was something forcing me to go through the wall to the other world. But there was a voice behind me that kept calling me, like, Khan, don't cross that line. Come back. Come back. And then suddenly I woke up. I saw my family. They were surrounding me. My dad realized it wasn't an ordinary stomachache, so we went to the hospital that night. This time, I was diagnosed with small bowel inflammation. I don't really know what it would be called in a medical way. It's like enteritis. I had surgery and eventually recovered. After that, my family had a small conversation with the doctor who did my surgery. He said that my bowel condition at that time was very bad. If left overnight, it would surely have burst and infected the whole intestine. And I would have died. Thank God my father saved me. 
and I immediately thought about that dream. Was it some kind of boundary between life and death? Was my soul out of my body that night? Would I have died if I crossed that red line and went to the worlds beyond the wall? I don't know, but it became the most special spiritual experience I've ever had. It changed the way I think about life. Maybe there is another world above our head waiting for us. Maybe there are some miracle places still existing on earth that humans have not discovered yet. I'm not too afraid of death like I used to be because that place was so peaceful and it was like I couldn't feel any feelings. I just was. It was all so beautiful. Except for my reflection. That was the part that still haunts me to this day. What I found most interesting about Khan's story is how their own somewhat unrecognizable reflection scared them. I wonder if what Khan was experiencing was ego death, where your subjective identity, your name, your gender, your politics, your beliefs, everything that you believe makes you you, is stripped away and your true spirit remains. It's a state that many people try to achieve with psychedelics or meditation because of the insight it provides. Depending on where you're at on your journey, it can be incredibly uplifting or extremely terrifying. What do you think your experience would be like? Before I became a podcaster and paranormal investigator, I used to be a full-time animator and character designer, and podcasts kept me company while I drew, especially paranormal podcasts. One of my favorites was Jim Harold's Campfire. I would actually be shocked if you hadn't heard of it because it's one of the OGs. In fact, it recently celebrated its 13th anniversary. But if you haven't heard of it, it's a call-in show where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories with Jim every week. The story topics range from ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, and stories that can't be categorized. You're listening to my show right now, so I know that you love non-fictional paranormal stories. Stories involving the serial killer Ted Bundy, or a man who owned a haunted hotel. And also heartwarming stories of deceased loved ones coming back to say hello. Jim Harold's Campfire was a huge inspiration for me. So do me a personal favor and tune in to Jim Harold's Campfire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to Stories with Sapphire. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chapter 3. Healing on a Soul Level Uh, so, just talk about my ghost experience, right? Yeah. This is Ebony Soy. 
She's an artist in Honolulu, Hawaii that I found on Instagram because of her amazing Filipino mythology illustrations. So I'm Tagalog and Pangasinan. I grew up involved in the spirit world. So my mom's side of the family, they're very much like healers. My uncle, he was very much into the healing and tarot cards. And I learned all of that from him growing up. My dad's side of the family, more on, how do I say it? On the witchcraft side. So it's just something I grew up with. I do, I do practice it, but I don't consider myself a healer just because I feel that kind of title is for those who really take the time to learn you know, learn that craft and whatnot. And me, it's more like growing up on the whim, trying to just balance that out. You know, now I'm older. I'm since moving here to Hawaii three years ago, I started getting more in tune to that aspect of myself, but I still don't want to consider myself a healer. Oh goodness. Okay. So this was when I was like maybe six or seven. Um, I used to live out in West Covina in my uncle's house like when he moved from the philippines that was his like first investment he bought a house in west covina and it's kind of like a communal house so like my cousin my other uncle they lived in that house they moved out then me and my family moved in so you know i would always like go over when my cousins were there i would sleep over and there were like craziness that happened like we'll hear knocking on the walls one of my cousin's toy cars started moving up and down his bed. No batteries were in it. So we were just like, oh, what is this happening, you know? And then there was another instance we were, I don't know why, they had like these multi-bookshelves that were like nailed into the wall in my cousin's bedroom. And we were just sitting under there. We heard knocking in the hallway. So we, of course, you know, we went out and we wanted to look what he was knocking on the hallway. Maybe it was like, you know, family, no one was there. But as soon as we, you know, got out into the hallway, the bookshelves fell where we were sitting. So I was just like, oh, okay. So <laughs> thanks for the warning. <laughs> I was like, all right. So, you know, there were some spirits that had good intentions in that house. And there were some that didn't have. So one time when I was living there, my mom picked up, you know, there was an off energy. So to punish me, she would make me sleep out in the kitchen in the dark. I was like, no, please don't. <laughs> like, I'd rather you belt me instead of putting me out in the kitchen. So I was spending the night out there. I could just hear things moving. I could like see things in the corner. I was like, okay, maybe I'm just imagining all of this since I was like a kid. I was like probably seven or eight. But then to me, I was like, okay, let me just like hide under my blanket. Let me, you know, pray and whatnot and turn my back towards like the kitchen. Yeah, that was like the worst idea ever because I felt like this hand touch me on my side and like shake me. And I'm like, okay, what in the world is this? I, I thought maybe my mom came into the kitchen to let me know, hey, you know, just go back to the bedroom, whatever. Yeah, nope, nope, no one was there. I have no idea what touched me. And like, you just hear things like as if they're walking in the carpet. I think it touched me just to, I guess, let me know that it's there and watching. Cause I've always had 
this feeling something was watching me in that house. So I lived there throughout, you know, most of my childhood. I ended up moving maybe when I was 14 out of that house, me and my family. We moved back into that house maybe about four years ago for a few months before we had to move here to Hawaii. And the house was like renovated and whatnot. So I was thinking, okay, maybe the energy here, it's different. You know, I, I didn't visit this house after like so many years just because I didn't have the greatest experiences. It freaked me out. Yeah, no, that energy was still there. And I felt like it was, it presented itself more because of the renovations. So like in the hallways, even my mom noticed it. We would just hear walking, like the creaking of the floorboards and whatnot. So we're like, okay, something's here. So I made sure I put like salt and holy water on like our bedroom door so nothing could enter in our bedroom. So one time I remember falling asleep in my bedroom with the door open and I had this like intense, I thought it was a dream. When I woke up, you know how like you feel kind of in paralysis, you're kind of in that between dream state and like waking up and but you could just like sense everything. Well, I was in that state and when I looked up at my door, I saw like this creepy dark figure like hanging upside down from my doorway. It couldn't enter because I had blessed my room and whatnot, but it was just like waiting there and it was like looking at me. And I was just like, I didn't know what to move. I couldn't scream because I was still in that paralysis state. And like maybe a minute, it felt like ages, maybe like 10 minutes or whatnot, but it was only like a minute that passed by, passed through and finally woke up and the thing disappeared. (laughs) My uncle had once said when he visited the house that there was probably a portal in that house. So the entities that were come like going through, you know, interacted with us, which it made kind of sense because I could always feel different kind of energies there, except for that one that I experienced as a kid and as an adult, like that one just stayed. But the other energies like always came and go, like, you know, you could just feel it was always different. So the fact that he felt that it might've been like a portal there, uh, it, it freaked us all out. <laughs> a portal is like a doorway in which spirits and entities can pass through to our realm and vice versa. They can be created from major geological or atmospheric events, But what most people might be familiar with are the portals created where a lot of death has occurred, like battlefields and hospitals. And Ebony had her most terrifying experience while staying with her Lola in hospice. Okay, okay. so I think this this is what, like, really, really, really freaked me out. So my grandma, my Lola, She was, you know, I guess her last few days of living, she was at the hospice hospital. So my family and I, we would take turns spending a night with her so she wouldn't be alone. Well, it was my night. I ended up just, it was just by myself. Her room, I always had like, it's a hospice. So of course, just the energy there is already deep and dark and whatnot. So when I was in her room, laying beside her, The bed across from her was empty. 
And I just like felt, you know, just to look up because something just didn't feel right. So when I looked up, it's as if someone was sitting on that bed. Like you could see the impression of the bed, like go down as if someone was sitting there just watching. And I was just like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm just dreaming. What is, what is happening now? So I prayed and then I ended up falling asleep woke up because the lights in her room started flashing a little bit. Wanted to call the nurse. I was like, okay, maybe this is just normal. And I just felt really, really dark and heavy energy, like just fall on me. And I don't know why, like when I closed my eyes, I saw these like dark black eyes looking back at me, even with my eyes closed. And I'm like, okay, there's something weird here. I don't know what is happening. So I, you know, go over and I look at the Virgin Mary portrait that she has beside her bed. The eyes in that picture were blacked out. I started freaking out. I started like praying. I looked over at my Lola, like she didn't even look the same. I was like, what is happening right now? And I started like praying and crying. And then maybe a few minutes later, the light stopped flashing. Things felt back to normal. I didn't feel that heaviness anymore. And after all of that, I just didn't know how to explain. Like that was like the most terrifying experience ever. Like I would never have imagined seeing that. Well, being that the location is pretty much death itself. And it's a hospice. So everyone knows what's the end result. I believe, you know, whatever energy that was there that presented itself to me was just in a way showing me like, Hey, I'm looming around here. Death is real. This kind of intent, heavy intent is real. Don't be so nonchalant. Like this is really serious. Like this is part of your life that you tried running away from, but I'm here. I'm letting you know, this is something you really need to start paying attention to because at that time I was going through my own like spiritual awakening. I suppose I guess that's the correct phrase. And I didn't understand when I was like in my teens, I didn't understand it because my uncle, when he was teaching me all of these things, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be different, you know? So I thought like, Oh, if I start getting into this, it would make me even more different. So I kind of closed that spiritual side to me. And my uncle was telling me, you know, when he started diving more into it, he was able to see a lot more spirits because they're more attracted to those who are more open to that. And so I realized like I need to stop running away from that aspect of myself. And I started opening up again. And then that's when I noticed I was starting to experience more ghost experiences and whatnot. I was like pretty much the last year of his life. I was the one that was helping take care of him. So that last year he was, you know, trying to have me more open-minded about the spirit world. And oh, that's weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, happened? Yeah, no, I heard it clinking on my glass and I'm like, and it's weird because when I talked about like my uncle last time, I heard the same clinking glass. I'm like, Oh, is he here? maybe that's just a coincidence and then now like it happened again as I'm talking about it I'm like oh you see what? I'm so fr- okay I'm like goosebumps right now <laughs> wow oh my gosh Tito 
Yeah, I was like, okay, okay. Does that mean he doesn't want you talking about it? Or I, that he does? I think he does. I don't get like a no. I'm, I'm hearing like he's here with me. Like I should be talking about it. It's really wonderful to see how Ebony's uncle remains such a strong presence in her life. When he passed, we were just noticing little things here and there, like he would present himself. The TV in my Lola's house would always, like it would turn on by itself to his favorite channel or to his favorite show. Like it was always like Perry Mason. And it's just like, it's weird, like why it would just like, TV would just like turn on when that show turn was like on. So we're like, okay, he's here with us. <laughs> also, when we were like clearing out his stuff from his apartment, there would be a coldness in his room, which is weird because his apartment was in Long Beach. There's like no AC or heater in his apartment because, you know, it's a beach location. So just leave open the windows and get that's your, you know, natural AC. So the fact that there were like cold spots in his room, I was like, okay, maybe he's here with me. <laughs> he's just making sure, you know, I'm, I'm packing things correctly. So yeah, he made himself very present when he passed. So yeah, even till now, <laughs> still showing me, hey, I'm here. <laughs> Her uncle's presence doesn't just come in the form of a clinking glass, TV, or cold spots. His legacy is being continued through Ebony, whether or not she calls herself a healer. Um, but yeah, so that last year when I was taking care of him before he passed, you know, he was wanting me to be more open-minded. And he's like, hey, learn to help people more. That's what you're supposed to do. And I was just like, oh, what do you mean? Because at that time too, you know, I used to, my background, I used to like be a case manager. I used to do social work. And I'm thinking, I was like, oh, okay, you know, a physically surface world, I'm already doing that. But he was telling me like, on a soul level, a deeper level. And I was just like, oh, I don't know if I could like handle that. I didn't know what he meant. Cause there was a time where, you know, I was just like, when I was a non-believer, I was very self-centered and just like focused more on my, myself. And when I made that transition back into being more open-minded and being open to the spirit world, it made me be more self-conscious or sort of aware about others and the community and wanting to help and heal others and support them in ways where maybe they are not aware of. Say if I'm like talking to someone who's going through the same experiences and whatnot, then I'll open up about it. Let them know, hey, you know, you're not only, you're not the only one experiencing this like I've had stories I've experienced it I'm still experiencing things like I would pick certain things about them and then I'll tell them and they know like okay I must be like telling the truth because they've never told me like certain things about themselves so they I guess they took heed to when I was like trying to quote unquote heal them I finally understood what my uncle was telling me about helping heal others more on a spiritual level. For updates on Ebony's first upcoming indie comic, Malolas, follow her on Instagram. Links are in the show notes. Malolas is actually my Lola's middle name. 
So that's a way of me also honoring her spirit. Recently, I went to see Manong Lane to finish my batok. When I arrived, he was on the phone. After he hung up, he explained that he was speaking to one of his dear friends who was terminally ill. He said that he wasn't going to mourn her, not until after she had passed. He explained that mourning causes extra stress on the dying. They're already burdened by the fact that they're leaving their family and friends. Besides, he said, I'll be seeing her again. He had such composure when talking about a very sad situation, and it made me think about how I've mourned my own losses. Was I providing support or adding to the burden? Thinking about death is complicated, and there's no right or wrong way to form a relationship with it. Think about the images that came to mind at the beginning of this episode and ask yourself, are you content with the relationship you've made? Thanks for joining me today. What is your relationship with death like? Send me an email at storieswithsapphire at gmail.com. If you like what you heard and would like to support this independently run show, consider becoming a member of my Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash stories with Sapphire to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe to youtube.com slash Sapphire Sindalo, where I post animated spooky stories and more. Salamat and good night. Stories with Sapphire is created and produced by me, Sapphire Sindalo. Music written by Sapphire Sindalo. Special thanks to Sydney, Khan, and Ebony. For more information on this episode and my guests, visit storieswithsapphire.com.